powerful truth. Oh, I love the word of God. Thank God, thank God, thank God. A new and better covenant. It's a new and better covenant. Beyond your highest expectations of God. I will call them sons and daughters. And they will call me father. I'm not going to disown them. I'm not going to deny them. Jesus said, if any man come to me, he said, I will in no way cast them out. I'll give you the gist. Under the law, right, the Pharisees can cast people out. Is that right? They cast them out of their temple. Remember the guy whose eyes were blind and then Jesus opened his eyes. They cast the guy out of the temple. Is that right? And they threatened that if anyone claims the deity of Jesus, they are going to cast them out of the temple. That's why Jesus said, if any man believes in me, I'm not going in any wise cast him out. God identifies with you a new and better covenant. Therefore, God is not ashamed. Look at the scripture, the word in Hebrew. It says, Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. This time, God is not ashamed to be called their Father. You remember the story of the prodigal son, isn't that right? You remember what the son said, right? I'm not worthy to be called your son. I've done so many very good things. When the father met him, what did he say? Put the robe upon him. Do it publicly. Make a feast. Let the noise ring in all the cities and neighboring towns. Let them know that my son is around. Oh, he has squandered your money with the harlots, with the prostitute. It does not matter. He's still my son. And I've announced it all over. <laughs> Hallelujah. Announcing it all over. Glory to Jesus. He didn't accept the child quietly. He made noise about the return of the prodigal son. He made noise about it. The Bible says that when a sinner repents, he said there is joy in heaven. God makes noise about him. Oh, you guys are annoying. God makes noise about you. In the whole of heaven. You are the one angels are wondering about that. What, what makes this man glad? God makes noise about you. He talks about you. That's what I mean. Oh, sweet Jesus. Glory to God in the highest. Now, I'll tell you a secret. How many of you notice this that Moses broke the law? I'll repeat that again. How many of you know that? Literally, Moses broke the law. When he saw that the children of Israel were committing idolatry, when he was down from the mountain, what happened? He broke the tablet of stone. That's why he said he broke the law. The figure of speech, right? He said he broke the law. <laughs> he broke the law. He came down from the mountain, he took the law and smashed it. By that fact, Moses signified that law will not keep people. By that singular fact, Moses signifies that the laws will not keep people. Laws don't keep people. But I know what does. Love does. You see, he broke the law and smashed it. <laughs> but the time was not yet come. The people were not ready. You don't get what I'm saying. The people were not ready to live without the law. Even though he recognized and smashed the law, that what use is the law? 
Moses recognized the futility of the law. <laughs> oh, you guys, stick with me. Moses realized the word, the futility of the law. He himself broke the law. He smashed the law. In Deuteronomy, he prophesied that a time is going to come. You guys are going to break all these laws. Then the curses will come upon you. You will be scattered into different nations. Moses prophesied about it in Deuteronomy. He knew that they were going to break all the law. That's why he smashed the law. Because he knew that they were not going to cheat that law. Jesus fulfilled the law. Hallelujah. When Jesus came to, he broke the law, but this time he fulfilled it. He said, I have not come to destroy the law and prophet, but I have come to fulfill it, to set it aside. This time around, Jesus came and fulfilled the law because he was the only one who can. And then set the law permanently aside. You see? What Moses realized that there was a problem with the law, Jesus came to sort out that problem. So he fulfilled the law, which was also the desire of who? Desire of Moses. So that every one of us today can stand without the law, but in love. That's why the Bible says that we may stand before him without blame. Nobody could escape blame under the law. Everyone is guilty. He said nobody will be justified by the, by the deeds of the law. So nobody could stand without blame. Nobody could stand without fault. But now we stand before him, perfect in love. Ephesians chapter 1, 3. He says now we stand before him, blameless in love, not in law. Not as servants and slaves. The first covenant was like a contract between an employee and an employer, slave and master. The second covenant was an agreement of a father binding himself with an irrevocable commitment to his children. Saying, it does not matter where you go, it does not matter who you are, it does not matter how far you are gone. As long as we are in this covenant, ratified with the everlasting blood of Jesus, my commitment to you will always be on the father-son relationship. It's not an employee-employer relationship. It's a father-son relationship. Therefore, it tells us to come boldly. Why are you coming boldly? Not because of what you have done is right, but because of the father's attitude always towards you will be right. You can always think of him as a father. You can always approach him as a father. Now, get the interesting thing. In the new covenant, we have an high priest who does not go on vacation. Therefore, he is the author of our salvation. Hallelujah. We have an high priest who does not go on a vacation. Therefore, he is the what? He is the author of eternal salvation. He said, because this man has an unchangeable high priest, seeing that he ever needs to make intercession. He said, therefore, he has become the author of eternal salvation. So he does not go on vacation, that he might be for eternal salvation. So God 
does not have the liberty to count our sins. Why? Because the priesthood is always functioning. You see the gist now. He does not have the liberty of counting because the high priest is ever there present. Erasing every kind of sin. <laughs> so there is no record. Oh, I'm glad. Oh, I'm glad. Thank you, Father. It's a new covenant. It's a new day for us. It's a new dawn for us. It's the day of blessings. It's the day of love. Hallelujah. It's the day of grace upon grace. It's the day of wholeness, of soundness of mind. It's the day of acceptance in Christ. It's the day of liberty of souls. This is the covenant of do we go forth and say we see because of it? No. Rather, we stand in the liberty where with Christ has made us free and we are not entangled with the yoke of bondage. When Jesus was saying to Peter in response to his question, how long would my brother offend me before I take offense? Jesus was saying seven days and seven in a day. But what Jesus was really telling Peter was that, hey, a new covenant is coming where you will not have the liberty of counting things. The whole point was for Peter to understand that you can't count things. Stop counting it. So he gave him seven feet and seven. Okay, so if someone offends you, you must be, you must be a chronic Addict of anger and resentment to be able to count people's sin per day. He takes all the effort and concentration of this life to count one man's sin against you per day. But what Jesus was really telling Peter is, Peter, stop counting sin. Don't count it anymore. The time is coming where you will not be able to count sin anymore because the Father is no longer counting it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He said that God is not imputing the sin of the world upon them anymore. He's not. He's not recording sin. It's long gone. It's long stopped. What a privilege. I'm so glad to be under this covenant. This new and living covenant. To know the secrets of God. All through the week we'll be reading 1 Corinthians each day. The 16 chapters each day throughout this week. Last week we did Galatians. Six in the morning, six at night. This week we are doing the whole uh, 16 chapters of 1 Corinthians each day. If you read chapter 2, you see one of the powerful statements that, that God has given us His Spirit that we might know the deep secrets of God. God has given us His Spirit that we may know what the deep secrets of God. Typically, a father tells his son the secrets because they are his heads. So he opens his secrets to them. So God has given us His Spirit. It's a whole new level of believing for you if you understand what I'm saying. Nothing anymore should be secretive between me and God. 
God has opened his heart up to give access to know what he's thinking. Access to find out about him. Nothing is kept hidden from him. Blessed be God. It's a new and better covenant of blessings only. God is no longer counting sin. God has put himself in a covenant where he will always refer to you and to us as sons and daughters. He has put in us the spirit of sonship to share with us freely his deep secret. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Good morning, church. God bless you. May enjoy your wonderful day. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more from Ten Divine Ministries. You can download more messages from our Telegram channel via the link t.me forward slash TVM Media. For inquiries and partnerships, please send a mail to Ministry 77 at gmail.com or call 0708. Well, for zero seven nine four seven. Thank you and God bless you.